welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam the Gun-Hugging for the second week in a row. <laughs> Jesus, look at that bicep. Are you kidding? Morgan, uh, we're sat in the garden. I've got my top off, feet out. What is it? 20 degrees, it feels like. Oh, we're outdoor recording. The outdoor dream. recording. UK autumn can be a it can be lovely here in the autumn. I think a lot of countries in this part, of the, like any north, you know, these northern hemisphere, it's often remarked that New York is at its best in September. A lot of places I think are at the best. I've never been, nor have I. I'd love to go and I surf. I'd go. Surf with Ben Gravy out on that coast. There you go. But I've never been to the Big Apple. No, nope, nor have I. Um, but I've been in London, which is why yes, I'm you making have. the most of the fresh air and sunshine now that I'm back. Been grafting, grafting, lad, grafting. So no, and we, no. And we, nice and to we, be in the sun. We have had a week of waves thanks <laughs> sorry there's two things to share one i've given liam a gift of geordie smith future fins which i've had for four eight nine ten years they've had a great innings those things they've been in some fantastic conditions on fantastic days not geordie as in was in biker grove like why hey man why a bit like? of surfing man <laughs> By the way, there are some good Geordie surfers up there. Yeah, there are Gabe Davis, pretty, pretty good. Really good Geordie surfers. Northeast gets yeah. serious waves. Um, but not that. Not a Geordie Geordie Smith. Not the a Geordie, Geordie Smith. Not a Geordie Shaw, but a Geordie Smith. Better um, name for a surfer though, wouldn't it? That would be a better name for a surfer. Geordie Shaw. Yeah. Why, hey man, my name's Geordie Shaw. I'm a well-spawned surfer. <laughs> you might have seen me on the Ant and Deck show. That was pretty. Dude, that was good. You're good at accents. Yeah. What about the um, the pro? Ooh, come on here. That was my South African accent, though. That's that was, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. Yeah. Um, but no, we we we're, we're sat in the garden and we're talking about yeah. So I gave you some fins, and then I kind of asked for them back. This is a pattern. So I've done this with someone else where I gave them my medium tall O'Neill Psycho One Scott. If you're listening. You know the story, because then I asked for it back. <laughs> Poor fucking guy. So, like, oh, great. Oil's giving me this wetsuit. It's still in amazing condition. It's only been used for a little while. Um, clearly, he's getting far too overweight for it. Um, and he's, he's let me have it. And now he's asked for it back. No, it was temporary, because my other suit suddenly broke, and I was a bit ruined. And then I, get, and then I gave it back. I duly gave it back. So I, t- I have a habit of doing this. Um, and then the other thing is, is that we, we, have had, we have had waves this week. Um, and the first of those surfs was a classic, it looks unruly, a bit wild and a bit chaotic. And it was nothing but lined up orderly and like epic once you were on the wave. Waves are really, really bizarre like that. I swear there's a mysterious element to it. I think that, that you know, now that, now that surf line put the newtons of energy that's coming in. I, I think that's quite an interesting nuance. There must have been some newtons of energy in these, in these lines because when we looked out to sea, we were like, God, geez, is it even worth going in? And that's even me saying that and I love going in in almost anything. But once you stood up, it was, and, I th- and it was also where the mid-length came into its own. It was the best mid-length surf I've had. Uh, and mine's only a 6.8, so I can't really call it a true midi. I think they, they start at seven, whoever decided that, I don't know. <laughs> who who decides what when does mid when does short stop and mid start it's so stupid man because i mean for me i'm six foot two so <clears throat> me being on a seven oh would be very different to let's say somebody like yourself me on a four three 
This is bloody massive. <laughs> I have to say, I think I have found. I've got a buddy of mine, Ryan. Again, if you're listening, he, he we, we chat a lot on the phone. You mean Gucci Ryan? Gucci Ryan. We talk a lot on the phone because Ryan has all the best kit. We talk on the phone a lot about boards, and I did say to him today, I'll quote me this morning, 10 a.m. when I said to him, Ryan, I'm, I think I'm depressed. He's like, what's going on? What's wrong? I, I don't want another board at the moment. It's, you know, got to take pills for that, you know. Because um, this board is kind of, it's, it's, it's really, really suited my surfing. And all I can say is just, just try one out. Try one out for, your, for the size that you think. I think the way I'm seeing it now, let's say, let's say you take five men or women who are roughly all kind of in fairly good shape. Not, no one's necessarily you know, overweight, but just in good, good surfing shape. You base it on height from then on in, the way I would do it. So I'd go, I'm 6'2", I'll size up 6 to 8 inches as my mid-length. For, it's, this is how, how your feet feel on the board. Because I think getting this right is really important. I've been on mid-lengths that are 7'6", and they do feel too long for, for doing turns. And of course, that's fine for then gliding and all, and all that fun. But if you want to do high-performance mid-length surfing, which a lot of people do at the moment, it... I think six to eight. So for yourself, what would it be? Are you five nine? Six eight or something like that. So no, well, you six, would be four, six four. You'd be six four. So I think that's where people are getting it wrong. You yeah. see, I think so. You you might go, oh, go on, I'd cut mid lengths. What pops up? Six eight, six seven, oh seven two, whatever. It would feel way too long for. I well, think one because you, you have ridden other ones that are about that length. One human's mid length is another human's short board. There you go, and all that sort of jazz. Um, and so I agree. I think it's hard to determine what it is that's that's good for you on a on, if you're looking to sort of go for that what well, like I always make this joke mini mid-length minimal whatever it would be um, but it's finding the right fit for you because yep. it can it makes a huge difference you know some yep. of the some of the boards that I've tried before that were 7.0 that kind of I really liked but it just felt too there was too much yep. for what I was hoping to, to achieve um, but to anybody else that's like a you know it's not really a big board Oh, and that's it. And I and I had it also out last weekend. So yeah, we would have recorded the show before that. So last weekend, just to talk about, and I had it, I went to the North Coast um, and rode it in two to, I guess, two to four feet surf. And it was a shocker. It did not go well at all. And I thought this ball was going to be a bit of a Swiss army knife. So I then ran up to the car and grabbed my foamy, loads more foam, had a fun time. So it kind of needs, it's a really interesting board. It needs... um. It doesn't mind riding onshore waves as long as you can get on the open face. But when the waves get a bit clean, a bit lined up, and you know how they run in front of you, you can't necessarily pump a mid-length. That's what I'm really noticing. Like You can't necessarily quickly skip, skip, skip ahead of sections like you would on a puddle where you, where you pump your front foot, pump your back foot, pump your back foot, and do like surf skate. You know how we practice surf skating where we pump up a hill or whatever? That feeling you can't do on a mid. Obviously you can't because it's too big a board. Um... But once you're in an open face wave, I will make this statement when I say, if I was helping someone progress their surfing, I wouldn't actually want them on any other board. Mm. If, you, if you look at what mid-lengths are forcing you to do, is just literally surf without cheating. You can't, you take off, and the first thing you have to do is be on rail. Otherwise the board obviously just doesn't work. So you, you just, you, you take off, you get a faster takeoff because there's long rail line. As you, as you turn, you notice just as you go to turn, there's so much more fluidity to it. So as you engage rail on heel, normally on shortboard, you get pivot and then glide. With a, with a mid-length, you just get glide. So you're getting glide through a turn. So you don't lose any speed. It's a, 
So as you're going back, as you're going back, it's a, it's a continual rail line all the way. So when you then transition out of that turn, figure of eight or cut back or whatever, the smoothness of it and precision of it is way, way higher. But I also would then say this, it's, it's quite a challenge. So if you get that slightly wrong, yeah. you bog real, real bad. So you've got to get your body angles just super precise and, you, and the style has to be on point as well. So it's a really, it's kind of, I can see, I can absolutely see now why they ever have exploded in the marketplace. If you go, if you just type in surfboard into Google now, one or even two out of three searches you'll see something that's in the mid-length category. Well, like especially those mid-length twins. Yep. And you watch people like Mikey February ride yep. them and yep. they just style. And Torrin. Yeah, and Torrin Martin, you know, that kind of glidey mm. style. And yeah, I mean, they throw their hips and their arms can go really fast through the through the sort of sections, but they are, it, it, makes, it makes it all look incredibly attractive. And the boards do draw from a, like this is a spectator watching it, some amazing lines. They're really lovely big kind of art turns and huge kind of kang off the foam on these like yeah these sort of seven seven foot plus boards but they make it look really easy as well don't they but but you're right i mean that's probably why people used to start on minimals right that, i mean joking aside on that that if you went into a surf shop as a progress as a surfer who was trying to start certainly this was my experience they were you were guided by experienced guys and, and in in surf shops to pick up a, a, a kind of mal and just kind of work with it and and get used to the takeoff and get used to the where to put your feet and trim and glide and all of that stuff before you even try and do anything else. So true. And I think also it's when you were talking about Mikey February and add Torin Martin to that and Rob Machado, there's a load of others, yeah. Dave Rastovich and people. I think that surfing's going through, a, uh, it has been for years, but I think it's going through a stronger and quicker one of a transition right now of ego awareness. So whereas back in the day, surfers may, may and I'm only predicting this, it's just a rough estimate, that may have been less aware of their ego back in the 90s, the early 2000s, whatever. Now that people are getting more and more aware of just, oh, wow, yeah, I don't need to be holding a, a 5.11 by 18 and three quarters walking down the beach to look good. And people are actually, actually not just keep talking about it in the pub, but actually don't give a shit what people think. The, the wave is, of going in that direction is, why the fuck wouldn't you ride something that catches waves easier, that does turns better, but it just happens to be a bit a lot bigger under your arm when you walk to the beach? So if what's so interesting is you'll then, what you'll then see now is ego come into this element now, where people you know, grow their hair a little longer and you know, when, they, when they ride their mid, they try, try and show the world how much more stylish they are with their hands. And when they talk on camera like Torin, they, yeah, mate. Yeah, six foot perfect, <laughs> mate. Yeah. And they've got, you've got to make sure you have Ben Howard in the background, you know, just really melodic music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ego will just go that way. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to impress the world looking like this. Don't you diss know. Ben Howard. A lot of people around here know Ben Howard. He's a sort of local <laughs> legend. He, he is actually. He is one of our you're, good friends of the show. You're, you're, you're not getting invited to any I concerts, that's for sure. That was Will Foster saying uh, things about Out, hip, hipster music. Not me. me. Ask me now. I've got the albums. Um, <laughs> no, you, 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 it's, it's, it's true. And wearing no leash, that's the other one. That's, yep. a, that's another sort of thing that can, yep. uh, that causes a lot of controversy, doesn't it? About yeah, it's a bit silly leash, to know these. Leashless. I, I, I do get, I, I, I'd be really interested to know the physics. The actual, someone to measure it one day. 
Has anyone actually done that? What, how much slower do you? Well, there's one for a university project. There you go. What, what, how much more drag yeah. and interruption of flow do you get by wearing a big time a foot leash? Please, someone on the show, so if you're listening to this, please, please have a look at that. All you, bright, spark, find that out. All you bright sparks out there. I, I like the look of them. I've tried them. I haven't committed too much to mid-length because, as you know, I, you, if people listen to that, I've kind of gone from Puddle to Foamy to Hydra to that Luke Short, which is like a 6-2. I've tried a 7-0. Um, Luke Young mid-length which I really which was a 20 and I really liked it but I've never quite because of just timing really if I could surf more and uh, work less as part of this show we talk about sometimes is is trying that kind of thing and on the waves you know for us like a Saunton that you go and you've got a bit more of a of a of a unfolding long wally canvas of a wave to try and draw out those um, determined shapes on a mid-length so yeah, I'd love to. Maybe that's the next evolution for me as well. Yeah, no, it it, it it's it's a it's a really good one, and I think it just when you ride them with the twenty at the back or a quad, um, it can really open up your surfing. I mean, even the so the next day, so yesterday got in, so I'm now really rubbing this in. We had a couple of good surfs, and then yesterday was going left. So first day was going right, and I know the board goes really well right. I haven't had that many uh, lefts on it yet, but it actually went even better going backside than frontside. And often on 20s, it can be a bit of a challenge going backside because they kind of skid out a little bit because we all know that you can surf a bit more powerfully backside than front because you can twist and then, and then whip. Whereas, of course, with mid-length, you can't twist and whip. You've got to twist and then, gra- and, then, and, then, and then put your rail in. You can't just whack and do a Rio and, and let your tail slide. You've got to bring it round and, and then kang the bowl. And I must say, yeah, he's really pleasant. But this is a JS... It's not your average mid-length. Like, I think some of them are coming in like, no, this is a glider. The way this has been constructed is a performance, and that's why I don't think the, con- the construction on it has a huge amount of longevity. It'd be great to get something like a, a LibTech on a mid-length at some point, but um, the glassing yeah. is super light, and I think it's in a, po- no, it's epoxy coated with a, a PU blank on the inside, and you can feel it. it it is just super light and whippy. You've held it, haven't you? It's yeah, like it, it's when lovely. you hold it in your arm, it feels the same way as a shortboard. So it, I get why they've kind of done it because then it can be this performance thing. But what's the deal with your boards then, dude? So what's, well, what is the update Well, on I that? did get a surfit. You know, we had that big Friday. Yeah, talk about that. It, well, it was it definitely worth talking about because I, I think everybody re- will relate to this wherever they are in the world. And um, i just add a, for the earlier seg- section of the show, because we have got quite a lot of American listeners. Geordie is a, Re- uh, Geordie is the Newcastle region of the UK, right? The North East Coast. Absolutely. Just in case anybody's Mouth wondering. People, hey, I what? know, abroad I now going, what the, what the hell is he talking, talking about? Biker Grove. I don't think it was a great TV export that went around the world. <laughs> no. um, anyway, I, I digress. So uh, we had this, fr- Fridays are always classic like that, aren't they? You know, after work, the tides were working. It was an unusual pumping uh, swell uh, that that was a sort of remnant of a big storm out as they often are but it was an evening where light was still good the sea temperatures good because we we're in september and the wind went from chaos to nothing for the last sort of three or four hours of the workable surf window so you finish work and you get in after work and you're like this is brilliant but <laughs> there were hundreds of people uh in the water Obviously, not everybody's surfing, 
but it's quite at high tide can be quite a crowded spot hours because there's less and less workable peaks as everything starts to turn more sort of shorey and they're just the, the number of people uh sort of always throws my enjoyment of the wave and i got less waves in that session because i was having to sit and surf kind of where the waves were not at their best just because i couldn't face the kind of crowd and the hustle on a friday evening and um so it was a sort of double-edged surf where you go i'm loving this and i was on the 55 hydra and i got a few really interesting waves on it um but i couldn't get enough wave time because my mind had been thrown out by the fact that you know everybody was in there for the same reason to go and have a good time after work on a friday evening in these pumping waves um so it was brilliant and it was frustrating at the same time and then sunday had the tail end of that when it was much quieter and much much you know less less of a wave but more of a kind of mindful you know few few regular faces in there all just sharing the wave in the way that they usually do and it was much much better surf but i'm trying to dial in this tiny board really although it's very still a grovelly heavy you know foam laden through the chest uh, surfboard uh and work out how to surf it and go back to surfing a board that you've got to use the rail a little bit more than uh my foamy which is sort of skipping across the surface of the wave so it's been great but when you're learning when you've got anything new it challenges you as much as thrills you so it's it's going through those motions and i just really keen to get more wave time so i can practice more and more on this board. but i love i love the board and it, it's, 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 I really want to per- persevere with it because it, it's, it's, it's got everything that I like in a board, especially for the waves that we've got. But I'm just getting used to the speed and the pivot and the, 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 the kind of the, the things it does and the things it doesn't do depending on the wave. Uh, and, of course, on my ability and the improvements I need to make there. On, on all of it, really. So that's sort of challenging. But, yeah, mm. it's, been, it's been really good. But then I missed the rest of the week because I, um, I was grafting. You were grafting, lad. I think with crowds, I, uh, I think we all struggle to a greater or lesser degree. So let's all, let's put us all in that category. Um, but I'm, I'm I am getting to the point now where if it is super crowded and that's the only option, I'd I'd rather not surf because it makes my surf confidence go down. It makes my vibe on surf go down. So I'd rather just keep it high and then wait to. But thankfully. With the setups we have, although they're, you know, a lot of people look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's shit, mate. We always do an Aussie accent, don't we? There's obviously this Aussie we've all met. And anybody who doesn't know where Australia is, anybody who doesn't know where Australia is, (laughs) is on the bottom of the world. Yeah. Or if you're flat earther. Yeah. So in the corner somewhere, I don't know. Yeah. In the bit where they have the shark tank. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I think so let's say my main south coast bit which is home and we're very blessed like that it's just down the road and my main north coasty bit being uh a place in north devon we get specific about names but it's saunton for christ's sake it's it's such a long beach as if i'm giving away a secret <laughs> what secret are you give me away a four and a half mile secret yeah, yeah but it's that where let's say those those are my two i'm gonna say 85 percent of my surfs they both have uncrowded options if you're willing to travel or walk a little bit or just go around the corner or go for a slightly messier wave. I, w- I would 
always, I mean, a hundred out of a hundred surfs rather have two to four feet messy little rip balls with the, like the odd turn on and fun with my friends than, than lined up three, four, five, six feet with, with people waiting on the peak who aren't necessarily being super mindful and won't really necessarily engage in eye contact or, and they're also giving off this gorilla silverback, I'm the alpha, you can fuck off kind of vibe, which I know I would have given off by accident a number of times because we, we've all got these egos and it's, it, it's such an intriguing social experiment surfing. So when you go out the back, let's say you're traveling to a local spot, that dynamic in itself is a really interesting one to unpick. You know, who's to say it's theirs? Who's to say it's not yours? And, okay, let's flip that on its head. Who's to say it's not theirs? And who's to say it's not yours? It's so, even just that, let alone the rest that goes in. There's not another million nuances, but just even that, you go out. And I felt it. I felt it an absolute ton since being a local. Uh, I was always a traveling nomad, nomad, a nomadic surfer. Uh, now being a local, I, I feel it. You know, someone comes out at the spot I frequent, certainly on a weekday, I'll see a new face and go, ooh, okay, let's see how this person is going to be in the lineup. And all we want to see is just good etiquette. You know, I, uh, Jesus, you're not going to get a friendly lineup than, than where, where we are. It's always going to be sort of more about conversation and chatting and openness and so on and so forth. But you do get to some parts of the world where someone might not be that aware of their mind and maybe it's a little busier and maybe it's a little bigger. Keep adding a few layers to this of empathy. And there is that local who will give you the impression that they fucking hate you. But they, as in who they really are, don't. It's just this really weird ego that is very, very built on scarcity. So much of its motivation to do what it, it does, like give off a stinky vibe to someone who, who might not be from the area, is to say, no, no, there's not enough to go around. Um, and I can, in, in, in one way, I can also see that because surfing... It's a, it's, a, it's a scarce thing. It's a wave. What about if another one doesn't come? You know, it's not like skating, just over and over and over. And this is where, you know, the skate world come in and go, yeah, we're really friendly. We're really friendly. Well, I think the surfing world would be just as friendly if it was like the skating world. But guess what? It's fucking not. <laughs> well, it's, do you know, it's interesting to talk about the skating world. So we've got, to be, we've got to be, I think, really empathetic to humans for being dicks. I, 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 I regularly walk past the South Bank skate you know, the, under the South Bank uh, Centre, the skate uh, is protected now where the kid, all these kids and grown-ups are, surf, are skating uh, on like a sort of makeshift um, sort of skate park, really. Really cool spot. Very, very, very big skate heritage there. And I walked back on Thursday evening to get a train home. And as I went past, this guy made a jump and the whole skate park clapped and cheered for him. And... The I thought, wow, that's different. Not now. Don't get me wrong. Surfing is very, very, very supportive as well. We find a lot of that through well, doing this. Well, say so much through, of our show through, stands on that pillar through, through through doing this show. Yeah, but it was a really nice vibe that you think that's ace. You know, everybody yeah. there has stopped what they're doing and recognised what this kid has just achieved yeah. on like probably been practicing it all afternoon. And that that idea of like supporting each other, trying something because we're all just trying to have a good time you could feel this really good vibe as you walked past it. It was, it was ace. I'm sure it's not always like that, right? And, um, but it was, it was a kind of nice little window into that mm -hmm. kind of supportive, supportive of other people having a good time. Uh, genuine support for people doing well. Mm -hmm. And the possible 
and this is where it comes from, it's realizing that just because they're doing well or getting a wave or whatever, doesn't mean that you're not going to get one. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it takes away from your ability to to get a wave or a, the the ride of your life, you know? I completely agree. And also I find what I find really interesting is is that first impressions can seem like X. And when you actually get to know someone, they're obviously com- they can be completely different, especially especially the way surfers can be in the water versus out the water. It, it can be ridiculous the difference. And I also remember Joe, Jerry Lopez once remarking that he doesn't think there should be any. This is quite funny because this is coming from me, <laughs> who's just nonstop shower, chatting and shouting and hooping and hollering. As most people who, who surf in Sydney would would know, it's kind of one main voice you can hear. But um, it's that Jerry was like, I don't, I don't think there should be any talking in the surf. It should be just a solitude practice of Zen, and don't try and talk to me. I know Jerry Lopez is a friendly guy. You can just tell. He's, you know, he might not be, but he said he wasn't in the water. But he wasn't in the water, and but his philosophy was on this that I just need to be in the zone. So what what what, what getting at with this point is. It can seem like unfriendliness, but actually for a lot of people, it can be what helps keep them in the zone and stay in a more concentrated state. It's just to kind of like F off everyone. I just need to be doing my own thing here. I need to sit still, look at the ways, da da da. And you might be, you know, oh, hey, and get nothing. But it might not always be unfriendliness. True. That. I think this is yeah. what's interesting. We just immediately assume people are a bit unfriendly. And of course, some people, you know, give off like a full on actual like middle finger or a bit of aggression or a bit of, mate, what are you doing? Get out of the way, da, da, da. But a lot of the time, I think people just don't want to let down their shield because if they did, it would expose who they are. And if they show who they are, it's too scary because it's vulnerable. And humans don't like being vulnerable. If there's one thing they don't want to be, it's that, especially emotionally, mentally. People don't mind physically as often. Oh yeah, I'll throw myself over the ledge. I'll, I'll take off on a six foot wave. Yeah, 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 mate. It's always an Aussie. <laughs> Aussies are listening to that, like you twat oh, um, that's Will that's, thank you yeah who <laughs> was it me <laughs> I'm the one getting beaten up in the fucking Gold Coast lineup. Do, do, do you know this mate? do you know this guy mate <laughs> no I've never seen him before in my life <laughs> Liam and I are holding the Gold Coast Mindful Surfer World Champs one day and Kira yeah, Kira on the, on the Superbank and I get a board in the face after one minute. Why is this happening? Why, well, yeah, you fucking, you said this is on the show, you can't. You know, in episode one of 103. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, episode 103. Anyway. Minute 34, mate. Eddie Jones is a big fan you of the show. You can't fucking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've got to talk about Eddie. Um, I can't remember what I was saying. Um... People are in there to be quiet sometimes. And yeah, just, they are. But what I'm saying is they can be physically vulnerable. They'll put themselves in that situation. But what humans are not very good on land, but let alone in the water, very good at, is mental, emotional vulnerability. And that requires things like eye contact. It requires suddenly just chatting with a stranger. Uh, it requires chatting with a stranger and eye contact in the midst of something that they are showing their vulnerability of this is something I actually love physically that is so it's a really interesting mix that so I think we just empathy all round and also remember the first impressions can be deceiving on Eddie Jones those of you who don't know the Rugby World Cup is on at the moment and Australia are on the D-low um, they're, they're heading down they're f- number 10 in the world they've 
possibly not going to make it to the quarters. They've paddled for a wave. Yes. Come on. Here's his analogy. Here we go. And they've, they've stood up. Yeah. It's too early. And they've gone over the falls. Mm. And the board's broken. And they've right. just had to get out. Yeah. Get in the ute and go home. And, and, there's the, and they get in the ute and they've got a flat tyre. Yeah. And their dog's shot in the back. And they're gone. And Ed, the wife's left. We're going far with this. Eddie, have you got, um, have you got a spare tyre? Oh, mate, we don't need a spare tyre. <laughs> <laughs> come along for the ride, mate. Yeah, come along for the ride, mate. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, yeah, Eddie. But Eddie, my, my wife's left me. Oh, mate, it's a journey. <laughs> come along well, for the journey, mate. We had to get that in there. There are so many impressions flying around at the moment of Eddie Jones, but... We, we, we loosely apologise to our Australian uh, listeners, but uh, we've, it's come in, it comes in both directions, doesn't it? Fuck yeah. Big time. And uh, I think in terms of Aussie versus English on the surfing front, I think we might might lose. <laughs> just a touch. Just, just a do bit. you reckon? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Unless it's like Red Bull foam wreckers and then we, we, might, we might have a... In Two Foot City. We might have a chance. Mm. But everything else, Aussies are up there. They are. Guys, what an intro. God. Blimey Riley. We've upset the Geordies, the Australians. You, <laughs> we're doing surfers. well. Surfers. We're doing well. with cyclists last week. It's supposed <laughs> to be a mindful podcast. <laughs> I know, mate. Anything but. We love you all. We do, we do indeed. Um, we haven't had Mindless Day for a while. <laughs> no. Where's he Even nowadays? he doesn't want to come on the show anymore. Was he, wh- is he getting a bit more mindful now? He's on an ayahuasca retreat in uh, Bali. Is he? <laughs> Finding himself. Is he finding himself? Is he on a shamanic journey? He is. Like, David, you are strong shield. Take the drink. And he's like, mate, the fuck is this? My mind? What the fuck's a mind? (laughs) Um, Enough Aussie accents for a day. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. The more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. So, a bit of mindfulness. Take a breath in through your nose. Let's breathe in. And then breathe out slowly. And take another breath in through your nose. And breathe out slowly. Another breath in through your nose. And breathe out slowly. Just do one more breath in through your nose. Hold your breath. And breathe out slowly. Great job. Segment number three, thing, uh, like mind, body, stoke. Things Liam and I have been working on the mind and body to raise the stoke. Um, today I'm on day 18 of my carnival diet. Mm. Official, zero carb, not the carnival diet, plus fruit, honey, raw dairy. There's a, there's a couple of versions, or quite a few versions swinging around. And dare I even call it a version because it's all just intuitive eating anyway. Um, I'm on day 18. And it's been a very, very interesting experiment into my physiology in how it affects my surfing. Um, as a lot of you would know, I've had an ankle 
issue on and off for actually quite a few months now. It's never really fully stopped me surfing. Um, occasionally, occasionally, not that often. It's interrupted a bit of the joy to a little d- degree, um, but not that often actually. If I look at my diary, I keep a surf diary. So my surf yesterday was surf 129 since last October. In fact, I need to see what I can get up to at the end of this month or end of October. But if I look at my diary, it's not, it's not held me back. It's not, it hasn't, um, but it has niggled and it has niggled me enough to then start my, my next carnival phase. Now I do, I do a zero carb approach when I've got some form of inflammation that won't go away. Um, now to give you a background, I also have psoriasis. So I have an autoimmune condition and that does change things. I think the way that certainly with COVID in the atmosphere, people with autoimmunity seem to have responded quite differently to COVID to, to most people. So a few considerations there to take on board, but overall the progress has been great. What I'm having to honour now, although with the ankle getting much, much better, is that it's honouring the world of structure. Now, I, I get a little bit obsessed sometimes with this internal environment of inflammation and so on and so forth, while sometimes completely forgetting that if you just surf a certain way for a certain amount of time, a certain amount of days in a row, well, guess what? doesn't matter what diet you're following and how ketogenic your state is, you're going to flare up your, your injury. Injuries are injuries. Once it's become an injury, it's become chronic, you've got to manage it. So... I went, I went in on the weekend with my mates and did a whole day. And the next day, I was a bit gutted because I'd surfed maybe four or five hours thinking it was fine. And it was, it was pain-free. It was an amazing day of surf. Great times with friends. Tiago, Ryan, if you're listening. Um, it was an awesome day. But the next day was a real coming down. And it was properly swollen, stiff, sore, to the point of a mini limp, which is a bit shit definitely no surf. And I'm thinking, right, well, there's waves again Wednesday. Today's Sunday, lick your wounds, come back, da-da-da. So I did. Uh, I got back in on Wednesday and, I, and, I, and I'm really thankful I did this. And it's probably, uh, yeah, I'll say, yeah, it is. I think it's the first time I've ever done this in surfing. I was having an incredible surf. I had no loss of energy. I'd done 40, 45 minutes. I only really had seven or eight waves, got out sheer length of surf like i know that i just ain't gonna end up going and going and going and, and really and then eventually pay the price the next day it meant i could surf the next day which was yesterday 40 45 minutes got out great go in i i definitely know and i'm sure every single one of you listening to this are going to nod and agree have an addiction to flow experience um it's healthy for the most part until it becomes unhealthy like anything, it's an imbalance. And the reason why is because I'm just free from everything. Every single concern I could ever have is gone. Wow. How amazing a drug is that? Mm. You just wanted me for hours. Yeah. And my normal surf time is about two and a half, if I'm having a great one, because I just want more and more and more flow experience. Um, so I just like, fuck it, I gotta get out. And I did it again, I gotta get out. And I'm trying to learn that as a new habit, basically. And it's, it's tough. Like I, <laughs> I had to drag myself away. It was a real... Oh, but I'm really thankful I did. And, and this has been a real journey. I'll keep everyone updated in shows in the coming weeks because I think I'm going to do my longest ever uh, zero carb to just keep just buffering off this inflammation that's come in. But I think in our lifetimes, I think, I think essentially what I want to kind of get across here is that, you know, if we want to surf well, not just surf, but surf well in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, set, keep going, keep going, wherever you want to put in that category. We're going to have to, it's not going to be just a want to, we're going to have to do uh, s- pretty strong uh, dietary 
and sometimes lifestyle too, interventions that are challenging and are really challenging to the mental, emotional attachments that we have uh, and social, because there's loads of things here, to food. You know, we, we, we've got shops down the road. You know, we've got friends that live in houses. We don't live in sort of 50,000 years ago, the wilderness where we're hunting and gathering. It, it, <laughs> you can see why the ready, ready availability of food is something that can also hold us back because it's just there. You know, imagine, imagine just for a thought experiment now, this week, you got a spear you, and you're in the wild. You got some overalls. You, you haven't even got shoes. And what would you even, what would be your macros? It would be if you're really fucking lucky, you get an animal. Like you're, if you're like lucky as fuck, like just straight between the eyes, bang, spear, done. And you're bloody hoping it's got some fat on it. But you tell you what, you go straight for the organs, demolish those, delicious. You might not have eaten for two days straight, three days even. So you've done an amazing autophagy fast. And then you eat this incredible animal. You eat loads, great. You might not eat again for another two days. And then what else are you going to get hold of? 20 bananas? A bowl of rice? Fuck no. Uh, uh, you know, a, a, a couple of cookies? I mean, for you, you actually think, just for a second, what would I actually get in my body in macros? It would be about, ideally, 70% fat, 20-25% protein. If you're really fortunate and it's the right time of year, you might get a couple of apples. Yeah. And then you, and, that's, and that's you. <laughs> you compare that to what you can get in a shop. It's just, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? It's up, off the charts. You can see why humans get fatter and stiffer and sicker. It, and I get it. Well, it's there is so a, fucking addictive. Honestly, there's a whole separate show in that in its yeah. entirety. Yeah, I know. Um, because, and this is why I bring it to surfing, Will, is there's a chasing of, like we were saying last week, and dopamine and that kind of high. Yeah. And surfing gives you that in a really good, you know, like uh, Lewis, friend of the show, would say, it's the best pub in the world because you go there yes, and you get yes. the best out of it. And all this, the, all the, everybody that's listened to this knows all the good stuff that comes from surfing. But there are no shortcuts to that. To that, it, it's, it's a shortcut to mindfulness, but there are no shortcuts to getting fit enough to keep that surfing going and the longevity in surfing. You've got to work at it. You've got to sacrifice things. You've got to work hard. You've got to do things sometimes that are uncomfortable. It's not a sort of straight line to, yep, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it forever. Whereas, you know, just even the food example, we are in this kind of easy, quick, no hard work for your dopamine release society. I do it sometimes with beer. Right? I'm a human being. I do the same things. But if you're addicted to the food hit and it's easy food and it's hyper palatable, it's easy to just keep chasing that because there's no hardship. You just go and get it and you go and get it off the shelf and you eat it. But you're not just doing it once you, like you would be you're saying about being addicted to flow. If you're addicted to that and it is an addiction, you want to get that hit. But the compound effects of surfing a lot to keep that hit, to keep your flow state from surfing going, the compound compounding of that over time is good for your overall body and your mind. The compound effects of chasing a dopamine hit from uh, uh, food that is uh, an anti-nutrient rather than nutrient-dense is catastrophic for your health. And not just your physical health, but ergo your mental well-being as well. Because the thing that I've experienced and learned over the years, you've got a completely unhealthy body, your mind's not far behind and once you're in that cycle it's very very hard to get out of it and and it requires some real discipline to exit yourself from that you're right you know and it's it, it, it's why we are where we are um, on a societal level of e it's easy easy to get 
It's so yeah. true, dude. And but it I know, ain't very good for you either. I f- oh, absolutely. And I know that you're listening to this, thinking about your own diet as we share these thoughts. And what I would say is, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. And we know we're doing some really cool things in life when we test out something new to see if something can come from it. And that's where you start discovering things about yourself uh, and surprising yourself. Um, I did a turn on Wednesday that I thought I'd never do in my life. Um, And it came off the back of, you know, what am I now, 85 kg? I'm normally, even when I feel like I'm fairly lean, I'm normally 91, 91 and a half, 92. And I'm 80 fucking five kilos right now. I didn't even know I had remotely six kgs to come off me. And I'm, I've also put on muscle. So it's, it's crazy when you, I think, I guess when you go down a path of, of eating, and now I know I'm biased about this diet, but I, when you go down a path of eating where by, you know, genetically in terms of my belief that the, the, the diet is probably most suited to, to us as humans, eating organs, eating eggs, fat, meat, fish, and so on, that it, it just supports all these wonderful things that can then boost your surfing and boost how you feel on land. And it's a fucking surprise because goodness sake, if someone had asked me three years ago, uh, what about an all animal diet? I'd have just looked at them like, come on, scurvy, fiber, you need carbs. What about the mental emotional release? What about like this? And just keep going. Um, and now my beliefs have changed. And it's cool. I think it's, I think Joe Rogan once said this. He was quoted saying he only wants to get someone on the show who sounds quite different to how they were on the last time on the show. Yeah. That's a great sign. It's an evolution, isn't it? He just thought. That's it. You, you get someone who comes back on and go, well, I now kind of, oh, right, you're evolving. And we just want to tap into ev- that ev- evolving thing. It's a positive vibe. And, and that's why there is never a, like, you know, there is so much nuance and areas to explore and experimentation and trying things for yourself. And that's the big one is find out for yourself. Yeah. Don't just go, I heard that this is, therefore that's now my position. Have a look, read it, listen to someone, talk to them, try it. Yep. Before you kind of get either on your high horse or against something or whatever, it's just, you know, and and you're right, you know, you don't know until you've been on the receiving end of the thing that you're reading about and tried it yourself. So no, I get that. I, I'm still kind of not done the full full thing yet, but I have to say that intro- reintroducing me, where I, I was very pescatarian, he kind of almost sort of veggie for a long time, was the moment I started to feel strong again mm. <laughs> and get those gains and just sort of feel like I wasn't completely exhausted all the yep. time. Yeah. Um, especially when it came to sort of more, you know, high high intensity explosive exercises. Mm-hmm. So been 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 big for me as well. But it's really cool. And I think if you're considering any of these things, I think do some reading, do some research. Um, if you're switching, if you're thinking about switching up your carbs, you, you wanted to lower inflammation levels, you wanted to maybe strip a bit of body fat, put on some muscle, feel better in the surf, whatever it might be. If there's any concerns you have about things like cholesterol, because you, your cholesterol levels uh, in terms of consumption, saturated fat, obviously you go through the absolute roof. You should have just seen the lunch I had. It was a ribeye steak with a, about 500 calories of butter stuck oh, yeah. on top um, and uh, according to, to, to conventional wisdom it's going to kill me um, but you've got to do some digging and start watching some documentaries and do some, reading some books and start to see what happened in the 60s um, when Ansel Keys mm-hmm. you know about this? Yeah I do where Ansel Keys was working with the US government to cherry pick research that 
supported the hypothesis that eating grains, carbohydrates that were easy to produce and would make a lot of money were also going to be very good for your heart health. And it was just suddenly the landscape of human nutrition changed for the next 60, 70 years. And people still believe this to this day, that eating animal fat is going to clog up your arteries. So not only is it, obviously, it's a ginormous myth. It's not a complete and utter, like, no, throw it out. Don't consider cholesterol. That's, that's not what we're saying either. But just do some research. If you're considering this option and you're in the early infancy of this, and it's books like The Great Cholesterol, the Great Cholesterol Myth. It's a lovely one to read around the science of what uh, really causes uh, stroke, heart disease, and so on. Because, um, of course, cholesterol is one part of that, but there's a lot of nuance in it, a lot of nuance you have to just read about. And another one just being something like The Perfect Health Diet. Yeah. which talks about the importance of the importance of saturated fat in our diets for brain development and neurological repair and so it's mega it it, it is mega but, but um what about you do you mind body stoke well, I was going to say but, but, but like anything don't take your word or my no, word for it anyway no, yeah, well, either so. good finish yeah always go and you know don't do you know, be your own expert in a way don't yeah. believe everything that anybody everybody tells you um what about me? I've just been keeping, after the last episode, as I said, just to make sure I don't overdo it. <laughs> I've got to be careful not to underdo it as well now. So it's finding somewhere in the middle yep. because I was back to adding aerobic into uh, into some of my exercise snacking. And I'd overdone it in the last episode and got this bursitis, which is which went down really quick, quicker than ever before. Um, and, and I'm really grateful of that. So I'm back to sort of doing... Uh, a bit more of a balanced version. And that's from rest. You did rest it. I, I rested There you go. It. I rested okay. it. Um, but yeah, went went and did some nice paddle training um, with a friend of the show, Matt, who listens to it, who sort of serves pretty big waves. Oh, cool. And, and, yeah, yeah. and um, so so good luck to him getting fit for the season. And, um, and, and I'm just sort of doing that, a bit more movement, making sure I walk places, making sure I, I kind of, even though I'm, you know, balancing this, for many people listening, will balance either work, travel, or sitting down and doing some sedentary stuff with trying to remain physically active and fit for surf. And so it's about finding where that line is of, you know, not too much of one or the other um, and leaving myself enough in the tank to, to, to surf. Um, but I'm still working on my mind for visualization of bigger, slightly heavier waves as we hit the autumn uh, season. Having been watching the 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 hundred foot wave as well, which is sort of really good for from a sort of a, a mind perspective. But it's kind of working on both of those things and trying to get fit now for this kind of more intensive, uh, actually more arduous period of surfing, where water starts to get. I mean, it's warm still at the moment. But it gets progressively colder. It gets heavier. It's a more uh, demanding uh, experience on your body. So it's just making sure that I'm as fit as I can be for this season. I, I love that you just rested, got better. Yeah. Um, do, do you know what else I, I did? help people. This is so funny, Liam, right? I help people um, with their minds and bodies yeah. to perform better in life and in the surf in various ways. And I, I know uh, that rest from, let's say, a niggle or just in general is, of course, even more important than diet at times because you just <laughs> if you if you keep aggravating the thing that gets hurt, just stop for a bit, or or you keep getting tired. Well, take more rest. Like just really obvious win wisdom that we overlook. And I 
massively need um, to work on that side of myself. There's a sort of, dare I say, almost arrogance with it I have within myself sometimes. Oh yeah, no, well, I'll obviously just be fine because I know I, you know, I eat so well and it, no, it's absolute bullshit. So just hearing you say, I just rested it, it got better. It's, it's easier said than done. People like myself, you know, you know, addicted to flow experience, want to get in, want to get in, want to get in. Well, if you want to be the surfer that carries on for the next 50 years, you got to do what you just did. I also did a bit of the old George Spencer stuff, right? Which is my oh, wearing my woo hat. Whether it works or not, it's all well. It's all, all you've got to try everything. Come on. And so I just kept thinking while it was inflamed. Obviously, the rest is a big part of it. I did some fasting and I kept visualizing the sort of repair internally of this kind of elbow and of this kind of inflammation and it all kind of just kind of reducing. And I don't know, it made me feel better thinking, Dude. I'm just going to send some really good vibes into my own body. I'm going to do this to myself. I'm going to just kind of think about what a remarkable thing the body is where it, it is repairing itself as I'm lying here anyway, yep. I just kind of send it a bit more kind of like accelerated. Come on, let's get back to where we can be. We love that. Yeah. We, all, we could all do with more of that. Yeah. So there we go. You can call it woo-woo yeah. if you want, but then you'll be separating yourself from a, a world that, at least for, on our part, does exist because you can feel it does. You can feel when you're healing. It's a, it's a feeling. Yeah. You feel good. So fucking right on that, man. And I you know, talk that. about euphoria of feeling. I've I said this about this thing in the eye and everybody will feel this, you know, and you look at people who've had really significant injuries and I'd love to talk to them about this as well, where the moment, the moment that that thing goes, the moment where you feel that first release from, you know, in my instance, it was this sciatic thing, which was just like nuts, man. I was so off the charts in terms of like chronic kind of trapping of, you know, everything was hard, movement, everything. The, the instant that that's gone, your body and your mind realization of like, huh? What? The joy of returning to just a homeostasis, is it? You know, this kind of place where it's neither anything, it's just like back to your, your, your zero state, is euphoric. You kind of, if you really embrace that at the time, it feels incredible. It's one of the best highs I think you can ever have, is the moment you go, ah, oh, that doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, dude. And it reminds us what's important. Um, Dude, segment number four, Surf Media Insight. I um, want to share something. So we'll call it Surf Media Insight because I went into a surf shop. They do media. They sell stuff. Let's go with that. And I went in there on that day out I had last Saturday, mm -hmm. half thinking, mm, there's a little bit of money in my account, not loads. I would quite like another 4-3. I'm kind of short of a suit now. I'll just kind of wander in here and yada, yada, CCC, blah, blah, blah. And the surf media that is O'Neill wetsuits. <laughs> Hyper freak. You freak, you. You're so freaky. You're so fucking hyperactive and freaky. What, a, what an amazingly radical surfer you are. We're going to market it to you. Because you're hyper and you're a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Mindful design. Such, such a funny name for a wetsuit. And I am hooked on the marketing. Tried it on. Size down. She said, no, go size down. Because it was in the sale. And I kept saying, do you do like a little, you know, 15% loyalty discount? No. <laughs> well, do you, you know, do you have like a uh, locals only? No. 
do you, I, do you, well, and I said, no, and it was quite funny. He says, you really, it was quite a, no, there is no extra discount. Sorry. And I tried it on and I'll be honest, I was sold immediately. O'Neill Hyper Freak. Try it out. Well, we are not spoiler. yet sponsored by O'Neill. Uh, we're, we're batting off the sponsors at the moment. O'Neill have off, offered us a million quid a year. Jack O'Neill would be spinning but in his grave if he knew we weren't sponsored. He All the bloody would, mate. But oh. we've also got Ripco have offered us two million a year. <laughs> so we, we just, we're batting them off, aren't we? We've yeah. discussed this on previous shows. Gull have offered lost us 200 quid. Lock- <laughs> <laughs> Poor fucking girl. They're yeah. in the back room listening to this now. They're probably fans of the show. Yeah. Bastards. Oh, no. But it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, no. Don't do not ever wear a girl wetsuit. But, but, I, but O'Neill are going to have to wait for us to say yes. Get in line. Just, just a second. Because they've, they've said, look, we'll send you uh, 25 wetsuits each. And like 50 stickers and clothes. And we, we just, no, just not quite. Sorry, you have to wait for Rip Curl to... Hold your horses. Just for a bit. And then we, but it would be, so I think that this, you're listening to this, my friend. It is going to be your worthwhile. It's going to be worthwhile for all of us to get Liam and I fully dialed in by wearing your wetsuits. So just everyone put that forward for us. Lost surfboards. I'd go JS surfboards <laughs> I would, I really would. I, I, I'm, I'm a JS guy. I'd go JS surfboards. Only your wetsuits and my clothing, I'd go, hmm. Primarni. Primark. No, I'd go Vizsla clothing. Would you? Yeah, it's cool. Well, hopefully their clothes are better than their suits because their suits are suits terrible. Are dog turd. Um, on the O'Neill wetsuits, they, are, they do what they say on the packaging because um, I had the hottest surf I've ever had in my life the other day. <laughs> yeah. as, I, as I sent you a picture of me going in because I've got their Hyper Freak Fire 5.4 I picked up in the sale last summer and I started wearing it. It's really good if you're just standing around on a beach, right, doing this sort of stuff um, where you sort of, you know, if you're training the kids on a Saturday morning, you just stood there or shouting orders or whatever. It's nice to just stand in, stand in that suit because it keeps you warm. But because I had two, I had wet wetsuits, it was the only dry one on my rack. <laughs> I thought, I've got to put a dry wetsuit on. Went in. Paddling, for starters. Oh. I mean, it's loose for a 5'4", but... It, it, I've, you, it gets you fit paddling in that. By the end of it, I felt like I'd been sat in a, like, doing whatever the hot yoga is. It was intense. Bikram. Bikram yoga. They should call it the O'Neill Bikram. Oh, shit, Liam, don't. You've just given it away. There's our million quid from O'Neill, gone. They'll be sat around in a marketing forum. They know they've just made an extra million themselves, yeah. so why give it to... I know. I shouldn't give those ideas away. The O'Neill Bikram. Yeah. It's so hot, you feel like you're in a sweaty yoga class. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is sort of surf media. Yeah, my last one, this is the last time I'm going to mention this, Will. Oh, go on. Um, the 100 foot wave. Yeah, right? so I've finished that. it. Um, uh, last couple of times, I've obviously been talking about it. Garrett McNamara said something that will stay with me because obviously oh. relativity is everything, right? <laughs> you know, as I say, somebody's 100 foot wave. Einstein? Yeah. Just... <laughs> Great surfer as well, he was. Um, you know, somebody surfing a three foot wave, somebody surfing a five foot, whatever. You know, like Finnegan said, they should really be me- measured in increments of fear, not size. But Garrett McNamara, who has obviously chased big waves and been obsessed with this thing in Nazari for his whole adult life, really, certainly for a long time, um, said this thing when he was, you know, back in Hawaii and and sort of with his family and not not really surfing big waves, something that kind of really resonates with the show, right? He said, every day you should feel like you're surfing the 100-foot wave. You can make every day the 100-foot wave if you get your mind in the right place. And I was like... That's it. Every day can be surfing a three, four, five foot glassy 
peeling wall. Or you can certainly try and get your mindset into that. And I was like, God, oh, that's amazing. And to hear it coming from me, I mean, just it's an incredible bloke. But um, the way he'd sort of gone, yeah, I don't have to be on that wave all the time to feel like I'm having the best time of my life. It's, it's often a paradox that people who are right at the top of their game in any field um, normally actually have kind of a really sound mindset. You can't have a, a, a negative, yeah. shitty kind of always a shit mindset. You can't have that kind of mindset yeah. and get to there. It's got to be so optimistic and buzzy and full of energy and, posit and positive. And if it's three foot and onshore, but you can just quickly get in with your mates and have a laugh, then go do it. Great. Get a couple turns. As Jerry Lopez said, only takes one turn. And then you're living the dream. But I complete. I love that philosophy. Every way, Treat every session like, yeah. Well, just like, every day of life. Well, just in every day too. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Awesome, man. Whew. Dude, what a show. What a sunbathe. Um, let's let's see if we can get him, Liam a little two-foot wave now. Yeah, I love it. Take care, guys. Cheers for listening. Bye.